1: Apple Green. We're aware of the part we play in creating carbon emissions. That's why we're now offering you the choice of carbon neutral driving with Power Plus Fuel. Power Plus from Apple Green. A better choice for your engine, a better choice for the environment, because your emissions are 100% offset. And a better choice for Ireland because you're supporting our commitment to plant 300,000 trees. Carbon reduction is a journey we can all be part of. Choose Power Plus today. Let's put carbon into neutral. Search Apple Green Power Plus today
0: Yes, we've got an absolute belter. It's the most fashionable guy in football, and Robbie Savage, how are you doing?
1: <laughs> so I've got a call, by the way, but I like them um, trainers. They're my dad's Balenciagans. Oh, really? Yeah, nice. nice. Yeah. High tech. Remember, I remember them high tech. You have them back in the day? High tech, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I
0: must say, by the way, I'm accurate. I know. And the Barnet's much better than I thought it'd be. Really? Uh-huh. Really? What's in it, Moose? No, it's just, no, it's just like... A... Trademark. Just natural, mate. Natural. Bloody gorgeous by you. I know.
1: <laughs> My teeth cost a fortune. No? <laughs> I
0: want to thank you as well because this set in Alderley Edge, well, we usually do these in a crack den in Glasgow. <laughs> yeah.
1: It is nice here, Alderley Edge, lovely. Lovely.
0: Do you ever get up to Glasgow to watch your beloved Rangers?
1: <laughs> My beloved Rangers. So, obviously, that's a bit of banter with Chris Sutton. Um, I just go against Chris Sutton because, listen... I don't support either Celtic or Rangers. I was a big fan of Celtic with Martin O'Neill, my ex-boss. Yeah. John Artson, who's my ex-roommate. You know, Neil Lennon. So I d- used to like Celtic. But then as soon as Chris started, you know, going banging on about Celtic. You know, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a friend of Steven Gerrard. So now I've, you know, I've gone on the Rangers side of the fence. And I just love hammering Chris when Rangers, you know, get a result and Celtic don't. Well, is, is Sutton's ban- is his banter good? Brilliant, great lads. It's funny. Getting hey? so well, good friends. Um, good friends. But, you know, even when Celtic are winning, he was just going about how Rangers lost. But now, I, I think you've got a title race on. I, think, I still think Celtic will win it. Um, but you, you've got to say, Stephen Gerrard, what he's achieved so far with Rangers, you know, to make the league competitive, and Steve Clark at Kilmarnock and McInnes at Aberdeen. But It is Celtic and Rangers now, and when Rangers outplayed Celtic in that 1 0 victory, I thought Rangers were absolutely brilliant. And you know, he's got some good players in now, so it's listen, I'm sure you won a competitive league, you know, everybody in Scotland does. Um, but I think Stephen Gerrard has, has done brilliantly well. Are
0: hey, you much more in the Scottish game now? You obviously, yeah, I do yeah. Start, huh? I do, yeah, I do,
1: yeah, you know, Chris winds me out there when Ra- Rangers went into. Division 3, you know, I offered to play for them for nothing and (laughs) they didn't take that um, opportunity. But that was tongue-in-cheek, really, but Chris holds that against me and every time I start winning an argument, he just resorts to, well, Rangers didn't win you in League 3. So, you know, but I think people are quite negative towards the standard of Scottish football. I think, you know, when it's all about money, you know, when when you've got Celtic and, you know, you know, the, the the wage difference between the Scottish Premiership is it called the SPFL? SPFL yeah and all that as well. <laughs> um, and, and the Premier League in 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 England, it's it's completely different. And you know, when you've got teams who are in third and fourth, when players are getting fifteen hundred, two thousand pounds a week, you can't compare. Mm. So I think when people are negative towards Scottish football, they don't really know they haven't done their research. And I you know I'm a big fan of Scottish football. You wouldn't
0: get your bed for that though, so would you?
1: I would now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I know, now. we've seen the fee yeah, that you've yeah, charged us. Uh, you yeah. did not the
0: for free. Uh, <laughs> right, we we'll are talking about the old career, mate. Yeah. Early days, growing up in Wales. What was it, just football all the time? Or was just it rugby football, as well?
1: Just, just football, North Wales. Um, I, I lived in a cul-de-sac um, with my mother and father and brother. And we used to have the the, the green in the middle of the, the estate I lived in. And, you know, every school holiday, it was, you know, soon as the, soon as we woke up bouncing the ball, knocking on my mate's doors, you know, and played on that... Um, piece of grass until it went dark you know until my father used to come and you know I was the first one um, used to have, have to go in because I was playing with all the older lads my brother's mates and that's what made me really you know toughen up and it was I always say the younger the younger brother seems to do quite well because you are you know he didn't used to you know, he was he was good with me, but when you're playing with the bigger, stronger boys, they used to they used to kick me all over the park and it made me stronger.
0: How was your dad? Was he quite a, a demanding pin did No not at all, all.
1: No, just let me get on with it. You know, wasn't a footballer loved he supported Wrexham. Um was you that know, your team as well? Yeah, was an engineer, um loved his football but you know you know I work with an under thirteen side now and you know, parents can become a problem. But my father was um, you know, so supportive, you know, never really You know, never really thought I'd be a footballer. Never. That's why there was no pressures. There shouldn't have been any pressures anyway, because I just loved doing what I'd done. And you know, sometimes you still can't believe now what you achieved. You know, Um, and my father probably just never believed it would happen anyway. So it was, yeah. He was so supportive, as was my mother.
0: Uh How did the Man United
1: move come about then? So I was playing for my dad's team. So we had a team called Bradley, and um, I was going to Crew School of Excellence at the time. Every Monday, so my father would get home from work at five, have no dinner, have no tea, get in the car straight to Crew, you know, and then back home at ten. So he was, you know, he was so supportive in enabling me to be a footballer by taking me everywhere. And I was playing for his local side. I was on, I was on schoolboy forms at Crewe and I was playing for his local side, my local side, Bradley. And we played in a semi-final of a cup and I scored, I played well and um, my mother and father were putting the kit away and the, it was plasmatic in Wrexham. I mean, they were putting the kit away and there was an elderly chapman outside the door and I tapped my mum on the shoulder and said, oh, um, who's the number eight? I believe it's your son. So I said, yeah, yeah, I'm just putting the kit away. And she was ignored him. So he gave her a card and then she put it in a coat pocket. So in the car on the way home, she just went in the coat pocket and just seen the Manchester United scout. And she said... Oh, he's just been picked up by a Manchester United scout. He's his number. I said, what do you mean you didn't speak to him? And I was crying about, what do you mean you didn't speak to him? We got home, we rung him, and then, you know, I went for trials, and trials, uh, you know, a week's trial in the school holidays, David Beckham, John no. O'Kane, Chris Casper, Keith Gillespie. Um, and unbelievably, and this is where you do never know, you know, you play football, and Very badly. We, we, had a, we had a trial. <laughs> Not surprising. Um, we had a trial, and... Um, a trial game, and Fergie was there. And it was the worst I've ever played. You know yourself as a footballer. You don't need your mum, your dad, your mates, whoever to tell you. You know yourself if you've played good, bad, or indifferent. And I come off the pitch, and my dad, he was sick, and I was sick, and I said, blew it. And I was awful. I was awful. And then I went back to the digs on the Thursday night and the Friday we were leaving. And on the Thursday night, the scout, Hugh, um, Hugh Roberts, phoned up my parents and said, you know, we want to sign him on a four-year contract. And I was... I was still baffled because Fergie seen something, which I don't know to this day what it was because I was so bad, honestly. But it just goes to show, you know, I tried hard, I'd done the right, try to do the right things. So he must have seen something in me, which if you were watching and parents were watching, you'd have been saying he's rubbish. But he's Mm -hmm. seen something, and that's that went from there.
0: Think that's probably what the greatness Alex Ferguson was.
1: Yeah, obviously, you know, (laughs) one of the best managers ever been. But he's seen something on that particular day and game, which you know, we wouldn't have seen. But he's seen something, And you know, from that moment I signed a four-year contract.
0: So even at that age, was there a lot of noises about Beckham and schools and gigs? Well,
1: and we were just mates. It was just, a, I mean, obviously, the well-renowned class of 92. We were just mates. It was just, I grew up with them. So you, you don't realise how special you are until, you know, you, you're you playing that class of 92. Because when the names then are Schools, Neville, Gigs, Beckham... They're just your mates. They're not names at the time. But then when they get in the first team, and then not only now they're legends of the game, but to play in that same youth team growing up, they were just your mates. Do you know what I mean? So it's not like I was signed for Manchester United when they're all renowned names, famous. You were just going through the journey with them. And they all worked hard. They all put in extra, you know, so it's not no coincidence that that team, the majority, were legends, you know, and even myself made a career out of football because there was one Common denominator, the work ethic and desire.
0: Who had a better barn at or beckham?
1: Um, you know, I've got to say, looking at, I have certainly, I'm like a fine wine. No, you've aged better you? Yeah, yeah, I was not the best. Oh, well, you? Look, looking, looking, at, but I've got to say now, phew, I've gone past all expectations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how was it living in Diggs? Living away from your home. And who were you in Diggs with? <laughs> I was with 16 of us. There was Keith 16? Gillespie. So me and Keith Gillespie, shared a, a room smaller than this. We had a, um, she had a door. His single bed was there. There was a table. My bed was there against the wall, and we had a a, a TV with a video recorder in, so it was a built-in one. And we, we shared room for three or four years together. Um, great lad. Um, obviously, you know, I remember him making his first team debut um, against, I think it was Barry in the in the League Cup, and he played exceptionally well. I'm not sure if he scored. I think it was two 0 He either scored or set a couple up. And I remember going, he went to the the um, the shop the morning after to get all the newspapers and back page of every paper, you know, the new George Best. He was like, you know, everybody who was a winger from Ireland was the new George Best and he was brilliant, um, um, Keith. And I was just th- thinking I wish that was me because, you know, he was magnificent and that was the start really of them all getting to the first team but I shared with him Colin McKee from Scotland. Right, no, never heard of him. Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> no? Well, no. he played for my night first team, played for Kilmarnock right. l- later in his career Um um, Lee Sharp, Mark Boznich, oh, um, uh? because it was obviously different age groups in the digs right. um, in Salford, um, just opposite the cliff. It was a great time. I was a bit homesick, I must admit, you know, because you know when you leave house fifteen sixteen, you know it is quite quite difficult. But um, it was a wonderful time. Wonderful time. To so being the youngest in the
0: digs with the older ones abused you a bit.
1: Um, no, you'd have you'd have a you know a bit of, um, um, a bit of banter between you all. You know there was a the hierarchy. The, the the older professionals would, you know, they would not rule the digs, but they would have the say. You know, and, and that's, that was that was it. But you know, we all got on so well.
0: What about with the first team? Because a no ritual, man. You're right, you need to sing and all that in front of the first team players. Do you need <laughs> to do that?
1: Yeah, I, yeah. As the first year apprentices, you know, I had to do. You know certain initiations. You know, as did Scorsese, Beck's. You know, there was v- various things. Um, but it comes to the point where I just done it. I just done my initiations because then they'd leave you alone. Well, you know, obviously, you know now it'd be probably be different. I don't think you could get away now. What you know, some of the like getting st- stuffed in the tumble dryer with it turned on. <laughs> you know, some of the lads used to hide. So that's, that's to stop themselves doing in, initiations. But listen, it was all in, 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 in good spirit. Um, but it was ruthless at times. Mm-hmm. Would you
0: just get nights out in the digs or did you say you lived your life properly? No,
1: the lads would go out into Manchester at times, but That's the end of eh? it. was I think it was called the Pally, I think, on a on a Wednesday on a Wednesday night. But you know, I was just so focused on on being a footballer. What we used to do um the, the, the lads who stayed in digs, because you had the local lads like Nicky Butt, Carl Brown, Scolese, Chris Casper, Gary Neville, they would do the, the local lads, so they would live at home and just go to train every day. But the lads in digs, myself, Keith Gillespie, um, Bex, um, John O'Kane, we'd go and do extra training with the... So we were apprentices, and at the cliff you'd have the indoor facility, so we'd train, and nine till four, or whatever it was, go back to our digs, have dinner, and then go back and do extra training with the... With the um, the, the School of Excellence. So, you know, we would just... We Football would rather thing. do that than go out. Uh-huh.
0: Was it Eric Harrison that was in charge? Eric
1: Harrison, great man.
0: was he? What was so good about him? Because obviously everyone speaks so fondly.
1: Just wanted you to do the best. Hard work was first and foremost. says it, Said it how it was. Um Just your work ethic. And you used to have to do the jobs, you know, and he wouldn't let us go. If anybody hadn't done one job, they'd keep you behind until they'd all done... It was just, he was just a great man, and you know, the reason why so many of those guys done so well.
0: Uh, I read somewhere that you were a centre forward. I was, right? yeah. Did you was, tackle many goals?
1: I tackled corner <laughs> flags. Um, I used to chase everything down. Um, I was never, you know, this is what, not. it's not a regret, um, but it's one thing that I wish I'd have been a midfield player going through that system because, you know, I could run all day, I could tackle, you know, I, you know. Contrary to what people think, I could pass the ball. I could receive the ball in in, in any area of the pitch. You know, but I was a centre forward. I didn't have much pace, but I could run all day. I wasn't strong. I was very skinny. Um, you know, so I just wish that you know, as I go back to when Fergie see me in that game and seen something that nobody else did. You know, I I can't understand how nobody see me as a set as a centre midfield player going through. Th- that academy system. it was until Bobby Gould seeing me playing for Wales on the 21s that I was actually moved back into midfield. Because when I went to crew, I was a centre forward. Mm. You know, but I was never a centre forward.
0: But even at that age, could you tell that you were better than other kids there?
1: Well, when you say better than other kids, I think the big argument I have now with with everybody is that for anybody to make a living out of professional football, whether it be the National League, League Two, how good do you have to be because there's so many kids out there who want to be a footballer and we can go to any park pitch any day of the week and see a game of football on a sunday wherever it may be in glasgow in manchester and you can see pub teams you can see grassroots teams and you're looking at players thinking wow he's good but you think how good you have to be to earn a living out of playing football on a daily basis so when people say he's not very good he's crap he's this he's that you know i take i i don't like that because you know, people don't realise how good you have to be as a footballer to make a living out of football.
0: Mm-hmm. See yourself. Obviously, you've got a reputation as being quite chirpy. Were you like that as a young lad? Were you chirpy and around the first team place? I was. I
1: was. You know, I, I was. I was one of the lads. You know, I used to. I used to do the initiations. I, you know, and it's made me the character I was. You know, captain in four Premier League teams, my country. You know, and then when you get... Get out of me, you better I have am just, just, yeah. just saying, saying, <laughs> facts. Um, i not making that up. Um, you know, it, it enables you to, you know, as a captain, I, I then could bring the youngsters in, put an arm around them. I knew how to handle them in terms of if they, if they needed a lift, if they needed a, to have a, a, a go at. You know, but one thing that if you ask most, most players who play with me, you know, I would, uh, some wouldn't like me, but the majority I would hope would say, Do you know what? Sal was a great lad. Yeah, the
0: most I've spoken to have said that actually. But see, when you're a chirpy young lad, how would the older boys take to that?
1: They'd love it, yeah. They'd, love they'd it. like
0: you giving them a bit back, yeah. yeah.
1: Love it, but this, I was respectful, of course. You know, I w- you'd have to knock on the first team door in, at the cliff Manchester United when you had legends Mark Hughes, Caton, Brian Robson, Lee Sharp, Giggsy, Brian McClare, Gary Palliser, Steve Bruce. You'd respect them, and, and that's what I was taught, and that's what Harrison taught us. You know, you respect you know, the elder players, whether it was the second year apprentices, the first year pros, um, and that's what i have done all, th- all the way throughout my career. Would
0: well, you have a good relationship with Hughes and Were yeah. yeah. you a Hughes, yeah,
1: Hughes, well, Hughes, he was my hero, you know, and when your hero actually buys you for Blackburn and you play for him when he's managing your country, it is, it is great, and that's why I tend to stick up for him now, I know he's no longer in a job, but as a, as a pundit, I try and stick up for and I try and look for the positives in managers and in players rather than... It's easy to be negative in this, in this life. Anybody can write a, a nasty or a, or a horrible story, whether it's on Twitter, in the newspapers, without thought. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can be more positive about people, that's, that's for me what I try and do. Um, you know, When Mark Hughes is from the same area as you, he, takes, he took me home in his Porsche once, dropped me off at my of the father's house as a, as a youngster, as an apprentice. Did he, huh? Yeah, you know, so the guy was my hero. So it's amazing when, you know, you actually get to play with your hero and then play for your hero. Your hero actually buys you, you know. So the last thing I'm ever going to do is, because what he made my life, he made me, my, he gave myself and my family an opportunity, you know, to have a good life, mm-hmm. you know, by buying me, by paying me a decent wage, you know. So why on earth... If he struggles in, ma- in management, which, you know, people will say he has, why on earth why am I going to have a go in when he's made my my family life, you know, to have a good life?
0: How did it come about with the post? Just after twenty, thirty I will Yeah,
1: yeah, my, my father couldn't pick me up and I was obviously a youngster and, and he lived not far from me, so he dropped me off at my mum and dad's house. Did is, your mates see it? No, no, no. He's great. Well, imagine doing that. Like mm. That's like, you know... I know. I can see you're an of me. It's like me dropping you off. At the, <laughs> can like, you? Can you drop it's like, it? it's like me dropping you off at the station. Now you're telling your me about it. Would you pay my ticket now?
0: No. <laughs> uh, obviously, <laughs> Sir Alex. How, how good was he? I didn't young really kid? see
1: much of him. You know. Uh, um, obviously, it was Did you ever get a dressing down there? No, no, because I never made the first team. Um, I lived next door to him when I signed for Blackburn for six months. Did you? Yeah. Um, um, in a, we lived in, in Wilmslow in, in a cul-de-sac and I I lived next door to him and do you know what, to this day for six months when I used to leave the house he'd be gone and when I got home he'd not be in so the work ethic of that man is incredible and that's why he was so successful because you know it's it's a tough job and I think people have now seen, you know, what's happened since he's left Manchester United, how good a job he'd done. So you never see him take the bins out or anything? Never yeah. see him do anything, no. You never get a chat with him? Never but... seen him, no. no. Never seen him,
0: no. Had to be brilliant. Unbelievable, six months.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Uh, so when did you feel your time was up at Old Trafford? Was there a certain point that you thought, right, I need to go now?
1: No, I, I, I thought I was going to get another contract. I got, so I'd done, I done a two-year schoolboy, two-year YTS, and I got a year pro. So I was there for five years, and then that f- last season when I was 19, you know, I don't make excuses, but I, I missed four months of that season because I had a double hernia operation, which got infected. Um, so I did, I missed four months. And I played, I think, about 15 reserve games that season. I played up front with um, Dion Dublin, um, played with Lee Sharp, and I scored about six or seven goals in the, in the reserve team. And then it was just a day when we were all getting told. And I had an inkling because um, Neville's, Beck's, Gillespie, goals. They, they all had four, Nicky, they all had four-year contracts on the back of, you know, that, that year. And I got to, I knocked on his door and he just said, listen, I'm going to let you go, I've got better players here than you at the minute. But he said, I honestly believe that you will come back to haunt me one day. And, you know, I did, obviously went to Old Trafford with Blackburn, done a double over him that season, um, beating 4-3, won at Old Trafford, 2-1, one, one at Leicester, one at Old Trafford with Leicester. You know, so, you know, and to this day, Eric Harrison would say that he he thought I would have, you know, played in the first team. But I didn't, but I didn't. You know, when you have a go at Manchester United now, people say, Oh, you're bitter because you didn't make the first team. But no, listen, I had a, a wonderful experience there. An experience where not many people in my situation would have had. You know, my son's having the same experience now. I've heard you talk about that. Yeah, he's he's now got a scholarship, starts in July. So it's amazing to think that. You know, how lucky am I that I had that experience and now my my 15-year-old's got it. It's it's great.
0: See, when you used to go back to Old Trafford, did you always felt like you had a point to prove to him?
1: Yeah, no, of course, because nobody likes getting told. You're not good enough, no matter what you do, what job you work on. And, you know, if you're told you're not good enough, you know, of course, you're going you're gonna to try and prove a point. And, you know, it's it's not the fact that when you get told you're not good enough, it's when you're driving home and I had the car crash um, in my Fiesta, because um, I didn't want to tell mum and dad that I got released. So I'm driving home the day I got released in my little £900 white Fiesta, which mum and dad bought.
0: I've just bought it off you in the car, but then I.
1: So I'm there, I'm there, and I phone my mate and said, Listen, come, let's go for a game of snooker, because I can't tell mum and dad yet I've been released. And then we had a, we had, I, I had a head on crash. Um, my pal in his Fiesta went into the back of me, I had to get caught out of the car. So l- lost the fear of my arm. You know, so not only have you been released by. The biggest club in the world. The same day, you you ended up in hospital, not knowing if you're going to get the feeling back in your arm, not knowing if you're going to play again, you know. And then for your mum and dad to come to your hospital bed to 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 say, "Are you all right, son?" Just first and foremost, and then to tell them that I've been let go, you know, was a hard day, really. So Uh yeah, so it was. But did
0: that stand you in good sense for the rest of your career? Of course it did. uh Of
1: course it did. But you know, it's. you have options, don't you? You have options. Do I give in, you know, like a lot of people would have, or do you continue the fight? And I thought, you know what? I've got, still got something to prove, and you need, you need a little bit of luck. I went back to crew under Dario, um, and I was in the B team for a year, playing at Reeze, playing in crew's B team. So you go from Manchester United, class 92, to being this best team ever, to then playing on, you know, B team, in the B team at crew when I was 19, you know, a lot of people would have given up, but, you yeah. know, I didn't. So for all the high, highs you've had playing the Premier League uh, captain, loads, and there's loads of loads of people of did see that either, didn't Lots of like lows. You've been through all that stuff. Lots of yeah. lows. You know, you imagine being, playing in the Class 92, win the Youth Cup, people talking about you going to every competition you play and beating Barcelona into Milan, you know, and then getting released, having a car crash the same day, and then for a year, nowhere near Cruz first team, because the physicality in League 1 or 2 was different and I was nowhere near it. So then you're thinking, this could be it.
0: So you just last on Man United classic two. I'm sure you've been asked, but who who did you think was the best?
1: Um, I thought Gillespie was great because of his yeah. pace. Nicky Butt was brilliant. His drive runs from midfield. You know, Beck's. They were all this. They were all good. But you know, the best one was Scousie. You know, who inevitably went on to be the best, in my opinion. Um, but you know, Giggsy was. Giggs, he was part of the class, Actually, of course he was, but you know, the ones I went through, because when we were all coming through, Giggs he was trained with the first team, but we could all stay together, so I'd say there.
0: The Neville's hopeless. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, great, they
1: were. Um,
0: crew, see, when you see that, you go for man united to crew and then you're no playing. Yeah. Was there ever a stage that you thought about would be chucking it
1: now? No, because I always had that belief. I always had that belief that, do you know what, I just keep going because, you know, I knew there's just something inside me that I always wanted to be a footballer you, know, you could, everybody i 'm sure wants to be a footballer doesn 't mean you are going to be a footballer, but I just knew that I had to you know I used to, I used to have a a pint of Guinness every night. My dad worked in a in a in a in a firm which made um, cans and he used to come home with cans of Guinness and you know to get stronger and bigger and quicker I used should drink a can of Guinness every single night um I hated the taste because it was full of iron you know and I, I you know I was led to believe it would make you stronger you know it didn't um, um, <laughs> but you know, these are the things I would do to just look at everything to try and make myself better. And I wouldn't say to my son now, who's 15, drink a can of Guinness every night, but I was only seven and a half stone. Wow. You know, I was so skinny, you know, I matured late. Um, and that's what I'd say now to all the young kids out there who, who are trying to be footballer. People mature at different rates, you know, so, you know, you can, be the best, you can be the best player in the world at 13. By 17, 18, people have caught up here and it's a different game, so... You know, that's why I'd say that when you're, you know, Jesse Lingard played two years down at Manchester United, now look at him now. Scott McTominay was small, now look at the size of him. So, you know, it's, it's a great, I know we've gone off a bit of track, but it's a great, you know, advice for any youngster who, who feels like they've got opportunities. People develop at different rates and, and that's what I say to my son now, you know, I was small, he's small, you know, but... People get frustrated because they think they should be there and there now. Uh,
0: people are quite short-sighted, aren't they? It's short-sighted.
1: It's, it's the long game in football.
0: Uh, just on crew, how different is a crew dressing room to a Man United dressing? What league were crew in then?
1: I think crew were in League Two, but obviously you, you're going from you're going from an environment where your kit's laid out, everything's done for you. You know, your boots, you, you're cleaning boots. Um, I clean Mark Hughes and Brian McLeish. You know, but everything's done for you. You're going to watch the first team. Then you go to a crew. You have one kit. You have to take the kit home and wash it every single day. It was, I think the sponsors, you're going from Adidas to, I think crew were Van der Oh, No, um, <laughs> so it's like, it's just all different. But that stood me in great stead because I knew both sides of football then. I think what you got now is, is people in academies now only when you're at the top academies, the elite level, you only see one side of football. It's when you get tested and you have to go and wash your own kit, you have to get the bus to train and you have to do X, Y, and Z, which you've never done before. And I think it stood me in good stead for the, you know, my career because I knew I wanted to get back to where I'd been, you know, and going through taking your own kit home, well, washing it, going to the chip shop for dinner um, <laughs> every single day, which is by Grestree Road, you know. What, the whole team would have a chippy chip for dinner? Well, yeah, you'd have to take your own dinner, so I just got the chippy, you know, because I wanted to put weight on it. It's just, it's just my, I was fishing and chips and peas and curry every single day. <laughs> you know, staying back after. So I've seen both sides where everything's done for you at that level, where this level, when you then become a man, because you're, you're playing with, you know, big physical, you know, players who are accustomed to playing at that level. When you're seven and a half, eight stone, you know, come from Manchester United, they can think, who, who's, this, who's this kid? You know, when you don't live up to your expectation, it can be difficult. So I'm glad I've seen both, sides of the journey and it stood me in good stead
0: uh-huh. was there a few scary characters in that crew team
1: go not really it. they were all yeah. Danny Murphy you know Dealey bowler. Neil Lennon Neil Lennon who, who I lived with when I joined went for a bit when I signed for Leicester but you know we had a very very good team and we, we played some great football you know players there was a, Francis Tini who was going to go Liverpool he didn't Stevie Garvey you know we had some wonderful wonderful players
0: what, how was that Flat with Lenny? Was it like men behaving badly?
1: No, when I was joined for Leicester, he, he obviously, because I, I lived in a holiday inn, but he said, come and live with me for a bit. Great lad, Lenny. You know. Good player? Very good player, yeah. Underrated, done the, you know... Done the dirty side. Yeah, it's amazing now that these players now who, who get the ball back and give it to their own side, you know, worth 20, 30, 40, 50 million quid. Uh-huh.
0: Is the banter better at a League Two club than at a Man United? Is it made a laugh?
1: laugh anywhere. You, uh-huh. You've been in changing rooms. It's, a change room is what you make of it. The team spirit. Things are easy when it's going well. You know, I was in a, I was in a, the um, change room derby. Eleven points, lowest ever Premier League total. You know, that wasn't easy. But change rooms are what you make them.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, you became a key figure for Crew uh, promotion to Division Two.
1: Yeah, I did, but I got left out of the playoffs. So again, another knock to my career when I played every single game in that season. Forty-one games out of forty-six. The five I missed was when I was on international duty um, with Wales. And then I come back and Dari offered me a new contract. and It was 220 quid a week for two years. And I said, I'm not so sure. So it was the playoffs, Luton, semi-finals. And um, he pulled me and said, I'm not going to play you. So I was obviously, why? You know, about my contract. So they had a boy from, from Liverpool called Stephen Charnock who played instead of me. He was on loan. Um, so I didn't play in the semi-finals, and missed the final against Brentford, which crew won 1-0, was it Steve, S- Sean Smith who scored the goal. So even though it was a great season for me, I missed out on the on the Wembley final because I wouldn't sign my contract and that inevitably, you know, see me sign for Leicester.
0: Uh-huh. So see as a young lad, would you go and chat manager's doors and stuff like that? No, quite, no, uh... just,
1: no, no, he just pulled me in and just said, listen, I'm not going to play, but I played in every single game, the five I missed was with Wales.
0: And was that part of the reason for you wanting to leave as well?
1: Because I, was, I wasn't signed my contract because, you know, I just thought, you know, £220 a week was a lot of money, I mean, but I just thought, i just going to take my chance.
0: Uh-huh. And how, how soon were you aware of Martin O'Neill's interest?
1: Well, it was, so, it was Leicester City, it was Crystal Palace, Steve Koppel, it was Malmo in Sweden. It oh, I was, just suited you, old I, Malmo. Eh? I went to see Hart, I went to see Jim Jefferies. Did I, was, you, huh? I, went to, I went up to Tyring Castle and it was, that was my first stop so we, we were doing a tour so, <laughs> My agent took me to Hearts first and foremost, went to Tynecastle. Castle. Um, Gary Naismith was, I think he was captain or he was playing at the time. I think they won the cup that year or, or, or the Scottish Cup near that time. Right. So Jim Jeffries, manager, showed me down Tyne Castle, loved it. So left Hearts, I was going to sign for Hearts. Then I went to Crystal Palace, seen, met Steve Coppel. Then I was going to sign for um, um, Crystal Palace. But then I, I met John Robertson, the famous uh-huh, and Great mad, guy, yeah. Great player as well with uh-huh. Nottingham Forest. Met him, Martin was on holiday, so I met him. He showed me around Filbert Street, and from the moment I met Robble, I knew it was going to be Leicester, and then Martin phoned me that night from his holiday and said, we're going to sign you. And it, he, It's funny how football works, because they actually seen me playing for a crew. They went to watch Danny Murphy, I'm led to believe. Uh, we played Wimbledon in the FA Cup, and um, Murph went to Liverpool. But I, I was the one that stood out, and they remember me from that game, therefore... You know that's why they signed me. So it was less.
0: What is that about Martin O'Neill that's so?
1: Yeah,
0: what is that that's so good about
1: him? You can't actually put your finger on it, but you know, with me, it was he was just you'd never he'd never allow you to get too close to him. You you think for one minute you were his best mate, and then for a week he would ignore you in the corridor. <laughs> you never knew where you were. Um, but I tell you what he'd do. He'd get this, he'd get every single ounce. He knew his players inside out individually and collectively. So with me, he knew he knew. The best thing to get the best out of me was, you know, not be be horrible to to me, but say things which would make me think, I'm going to show you. What sort of things would you say? There were a couple of things that stand out when, you know, my first, when I played against Liverpool, match of the day, come on, John Watson was the commentator. We drew against Liverpool 2-2, I think Muzzy scored too, but I got the man of the match. So after the game, you know, I'm sitting there, my first ever house, all my parents, my family there, you know, you want to be on Match of the Day as a kid, don't you, when the music comes on? And I just remember um, John Watson coming on to interview Martin, and he said, 2-2 two, two today, good result. Martin said, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Muzzy is it with two goals, but the boy that stood out today was your 4 £1,000 signing from crew, Robbie Savage. Martin said, yeah, done well today. Um, he said, but he lacks one thing. And John Watson said, what? And he said, ability. So it was, um, <laughs> that was like, on Match of the Day. And he pulled me in on the Monday morning. He said, did you watch Match today?" I said, yeah. So... Um, he said, well, you know, I've just bought Arna Gunnlags. Remember him? What uh-huh. um, would play, right? Three million from Bolton. And he wasn't playing, but he had far more ability than me. And he said, listen, I've just bought Arna for three million. He's not on the side. Why? I said, I've got no idea. <laughs> just, um, he said, well, you're in my team because I know what we're going to get every single week. You, you, you give everything. You, what you lack in ability, you give more in energy, desire, personality. And that's why you're in my side. You know, the other time was... Martin used to have this habit of coming at half time, and he used to start, shut the door, and you'd all be sitting in the chain room, and you'd be thinking, right, who's he going to, who's he going to come after? And you be thinking, please don't be me. And he used to have this green jumper with his sleeves rolled up, and he'd just, he'd stand against the wall, he'd do, put his glasses there, and he'd just do that, and he'd be looking round. And we played an Arsenal, and I remember um, I tried to do a Maradona turn against Patrick Vieira, and the ball went out of play. Tags passed Jerry Taggart, uh-huh. passed me the ball. And I've tried to do that it's gone out of play. And Martin's gone berserk on the sideline. So I'm thinking, right, I'm going to get it at half-time here. So we come in half-time and we're all sitting there. Tag, just, tag wants to kill me. Um, I'm sitting there and I am thinking, right, I'm going to get it. And he went straight for Tags and he's gone, what have I told you? Do not pass him the ball. <laughs> <laughs> so inadvertently, uh-huh. he had a go at me, but, but not having a go at me. But, you know, a great guy, his friend now. Um, glad to see him back in football, not Nottingham for us. But you know, he had this aura about him. Wouldn't do much in training. No
0: tactics, now,
1: Was it five signs? Steve Walford and John Robertson. Yeah, it was tactics no tactics, early, pattern of, no pattern of play. It was just all about you know expressing yourself, believing in yourself. You know, we played you know three five two. We played with wing backs, Guppy, and I started as a wing back until I went to the midfield role. But we just used to out battle teams, out run teams. You Know we had a great togetherness you know, winning cup finals, um, finishing seventh in the Premier League. You know, it was a great time.
0: You ever see anyone have a go back at him or was it was everyone's? Yeah, I've
1: there? seen a few. He had a few up by the up, 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 up on against the wall. Um, you know, but how could you ever go back at him? He'd won the European Cup in a couple of Would games. he remind you of that as well? He? No, he wouldn't actually. Yeah. No, no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't, but you know, he used to join in it. In, in train a few times, as did John Robertson, who was magnificent. Ah, he was great, you No, know, but the whole team, it's a team. Steve Walford, um, um, Martin O'Neill, John Robertson. You know, great great team.
0: Uh-huh. See, as soon as you went into the Premier League, did you feel comfortable straight away? And, and were you nervous before going into it?
1: Of course, you never know what you're going to do because there's some better players than me who have never su- succeeded in the Premier League. But, you know, the, the environment I went into where... Martin would have pulled players. Muzzy come from Chelsea reserves. Neil Lennon from, from Crewe. You know, you've got the environment where players had been on the same journey as me. So there was no superstars. Obviously, I had Emil Heskey who comes through the ranks but went on to do great things. So you have an environment of players. Matty Elliott from Oxford. So they, they've gone the same journey. So you're not going into a team full of superstars. You know that you're going into a group... Who have been where you've been? So that made it quite easy.
0: Mm-hmm. That back three,
1: Tiger, Elliot, and Steve Walsh. How tough. hard did they think? That was that was tough. Tim Flowers behind them. You know that eventually went to, to 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 um um Frank Sinclair. You know, but it was a tough, tough team. Good team, solid team. You know, and. I've gotten a few altercations on the pitch with other teams, but you just knew that they'd have your back, and they certainly did.
0: Would you get each other though, like in training? Of course games. you would.
1: Yeah, of course you would. Of course you would. Yeah. I think we, that's gone at like the
0: game a wee bit now as well.
1: Used to train. Used to be. We used to train as we played. And my my and staff, if you train well, you know, you'd actually have an opportunity of playing because they were always that belief that you know you train as you play, and that's what I always used to do. So I never used to you know take the foot off. The gas and train. I used to train how I played, and because I had to, you know, I couldn't just stroll around training, you know, and then try think I'd perform on a Saturday. So all that group used to train, and we played.
0: Would you was going to games even against Man U, Arsenal, thinking you could beat them? Yeah,
1: we did. We, we, had, we, Liverpool, we had a great record. Manchester United we had a great record. Um, you know. We, we did, yeah. You know, Arsenal was our the team we didn't like. Bearcamp
0: done that flick in that game, didn't oh, he? They, they
1: used to hammer us most most occasions. You know that three three game. Uh-huh. That was his, his hat trick, and you know that that shows our we were two one down, weren't we? When in the ninetieth minute, drew three three, and that was my first start. I think for Leicester that was against Vieira and Petit, and you know, I got taken off about seventy odd minutes, but. You know, to be involved in that game just goes to show the team spirit we had.
0: Brilliant. Uh, first League Cup final. Your first final, obviously, your career. Just How was route. it leading up to that game? Spurs, was it nerves, excitement? What was Martin like? What was the team like?
1: Brilliant. it took us to London two days before. You just went to a show. You know, he we, we just, just picked a pitch to train on. Never, wasn't like organised. Just that bit of grass there. It's just, it's just <laughs> incredible, really. Um, you always used to say the team, um, the morning of the games, so you never knew if you were playing. Um, and obviously it's the infamous cup final where I got Justin Erebra sent off wrongly. You know, obviously he swung out. You know, maybe he was a red card because obviously he did swing, but he caught me on my hair. I went down holding my face, you know, and got him sent off. And then obviously Alan Nielsen scored in the 89th minute to win the cup for Spurs. And. You know, so it wasn't a great day, but to play at Wembley was was, was fantastic.
0: You kinda touch a banner. No, not the barnet. No, no, uh, no, not what's a he thinking? Eh? Um, how was Martin after that? Was is, is that what you did at lifting the players after a disappointment? Later?
1: Because I was down. I remember I'd get it for breakfast the next morning all over the paper, and I was getting hammered, you know, by journalists saying I was X, Y, and Z. And I I, I was wrong what I'd done. But I was just trying to Bennett. you know, I thought you get a man sent off down to 10 men, we were the better side. You know, I, I had a job to man my average at all on that day and I'd done it exceptionally well. You know, but that got um, totally um, looked, didn't, people didn't look at that, they just yeah. looked at me trying to get another professional setting off. Um, but Martin said that exact thing to me, he said, listen, take all the negativity out of the way, you were brilliant. And, and, and for him to say that the day after the cup final when we got beat and I got their, one of their players setting off, for him to sit at breakfast. Breakfast with me the next morning and say, listen, forget all the negativity. You were brilliant today, son. You know, so that was great for me.
0: Did you love that when he gave you a role to, go to, uh, to go to like Mark
1: Janola, because yeah. he, he trusted you to do it. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, I did. And I remember he did it with Pontus Carmark, did he? Against Janino in the in the final, the one before that. I think it was ninety seven, ninety eight, when they won in a replay. Um, Pontus Carmark done it with Janino, and I did it with Janola. And you know, to this day, he'll say he remembers it because I, I kicked him all over the park.
0: And how was he taking it when you'd boot him over with yeah, he's you?
1: Fine, he? he was fine, listen, he was fine because that's why I was a good player. You know, you want to get close to him, you've got to try and affect them. You know, you hear now about modern day football, modern day football fans want to play expansive, beautiful football and stay in the Premier League. You know, and I, I, I done a piece with Sean Dice last week and he said it's, it's about effective football. And that's what you've got to do as a footballer. I think you have to affect the game. And that's what I used to do. Do
0: you still get stick off sports fans
1: for it? Um, I get stick whenever I go. Uh, I all does that bother you? A little bit. When you're with your family, of course, it does. You know. Oh, when you're
0: with your family, you get it as
1: well. Yeah. You know, you're just a, I'm just a normal lad who's who's worked hard, done well. You know, love what I do. You know, it's just it's just football fans feel that they know you, feel that they got a perception of you, and feel like you know I've had it on trains, I've done, I've had it everywhere. I've been spat at, I've been punched, I've been, you know, I've had my house window smashed, I've had. People in Balaclava turn up to my house. I've had everything. Um, you know, and it's, it gets to a point where now, you, on a Saturday, when you're leaving your job, you know, and you've got football fans who are drunk on trains, feel like they you know you, you have to smile and, and laugh along with them because you, know, you don't want to get into an altercation.
0: Peter, it's only a bag is isn't it? What? It's only a bag here. It's only yeah, football. Yeah, yeah,
1: but listen, it is. It's, it's the best game in the world and, and it's tribal, it's passionate. But you know, there comes a point when I'm just a normal guy who, who who's a family man who loves what I do.
0: Uh, see that part of your game winding people up—is that always a tactic before the game? Would you pick somebody in your team? Yeah,
1: on. listen, I'd have to get myself going. I'd have to go and smash somebody early on and try and get yellow you know, cards to get myself going. There'd be games when it'd be nil-nil. I remember the game against Middlesbrough, Danny Mills? It was nil-nil. Twenty minutes had gone up to Andrews, you know, nothing was happening. So I thought, right, I'm going to try and smash you. Um, I missed him, and he grabbed me by. There's a picture. He grabbed me by the the throat. Um, and we went on to win the game 3-0, I think it was. I scored a free kick, set one up, and it got me and the crowd going. So I'm not saying go out and smash people, you know, try and win the ball, but it was Daddy Mills. Was there, was there somebody you always, that would date back to you? Oh, there somebody? Oh, to kick Was it right like yeah, yeah. back then? <laughs> I
0: remember
1: against Bolton. Is that right? I remember against Bolton. They had two set off, didn't they, in the opening 20 minutes. Paul Warhurst and Dean Oldsworth. Um, they were out 10 men, 2-0. And this is the only time in my career where where I don't know if he did it was Dave Bassett was manager. Two, we were two-nil up, they went down to ten men. After 20 odd minutes, he took me off because he thought I'd have got sent off. But and that for me was a manager who didn't know me. You know, probably the only manager. When you when you go through your career having eighty-nine yellow cards and only one red, you know, that says to me that I can get an early yellow, but I'm clever enough, you know, not to get sent off. You know, in that game, Nine men down, Bolton where, two nil up. He took me off for the twenty four minutes, you know, and I because th- I'd been booked. Well, I said to him, "Why did?" You and we finished the game two two, um, and I said to him, "Why did you take me off?" And he said, "Well, you know, you got a yellow." And I said, "Well, that's why you don't know me. I, would, I wouldn't have got sent off."
0: Mm-hmm. So you've got that restraint, eh? Uh-huh. Yeah. Would, of would you
1: know one that would lose your head now? Nah? No, no, no. Because the facts will tell you: eighty nine yellow cards and one red will say that I could keep my head.
0: Uh-huh. What a head it is? <laughs> <laughs> uh, three top ten finishes in a row. And another League Cup final. Yeah. Is it only Martin? Could they get that out of the players? Or were the players
1: really good as well? well you think the same. We, had, we have Steve Guppy who got an England cap. As you said, the back three. Then we brought Andy Impian who was who was fantastic. The midfield three and me, Lennon, um, is, is it? it. And then we had Heskey and Cotty. And then we had Collymore and Heskey up wow. front. So listen, we were a good, very, very good side. Great work ethic. Guppy would deliver great balls into the box. Muzzy is it? one of the most underrated players I've played with brilliant technique, great lad. Um, You know, and we had one of the best goalkeepers in Tim Flowers.
0: Tim Flowers, So we had a
1: very, very good side.
0: How good was Heskey even at that age? How
1: strong was he? Strong, brilliant, magnificent, great lad. Um, You know, he was, you know, some of the things he used to do, used to, you know, I'm sure that, you ask Saul Campbell, Tony Adams, those type of players, Martin Keel used to hate playing against Heskey because he was quicker and stronger than them all.
0: He was, he was stronger than Campbell and oh, Adams? You,
1: you, know, you watch videos, you know, you'll have to ask Saul and Tony Adams and these Martin mm-hmm. Keogh, what they thought of him. But from our perspective, we always knew that playing against those sides, that if we had Heskey, we'd have a chance.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, just on the second League Cup final... Playing against Tranmere, was there a lot of pressure on you to beat Tranmere? Well,
1: there was because they were the underdogs and they were the neutrals' favourite. But, you know, Matty Elliott with two goals, um, David Kelly scored for them. Um, But to win the cup the year after losing the year before was so satisfying. And this is where that, you know, I get in my career, people will say, oh, you only won one trophy. But that's one more trophy than a lot of people will. Mm -hmm. Especially at Wembley, especially in today's climate where top four, Stay in the Premier League becomes so f- important. So if you're a mid-table club now, when you're playing weakened sides, or even the bottom teams or the top teams, how many players of from Leicester or, you know, looking at now Watford, uh, mid-table clubs, Newcastle, I'm going to win more trophies than all these players because of the, the eagerness and the willingness to either finish in the Champions no. League place or to stay in the no. Premier no. League. So uh, how many Wiggins um, who won the FA Cup, Portsmouth, Leicester City's, no, I don't mean win the Premier League, I mean win these trophies. How many players now, when they finish their career, will win nothing if you play for a mid-table Premier League club? Because yeah. I, I'm not sure there many will be. So that one trophy, I believe, that is, is amazing. To win a trophy at Wembley as a kid growing up is, is, is beyond your wildest dreams. What was a Martin O'Neill team talk like before a final? Nothing much. You'd come in five minutes before the game, piece of paper, say the team... You know your own jobs. Nothing, it was very, very... Would you like very...
0: that? Would, would, would you yeah, I'd like it, about? yeah. You would like it. Uh-huh. It worked for
1: us. Uh-huh. Every manager's different, but he would, at times, he would go mad. What's the maddest you've seen him? Oh, grabbing people against the wall, just like... Even for that, is he quite a small thing? Yeah, he's mad. He's the boss. He's the boss. Uh-huh.
0: How was that dressing room at Leicester? Who would have been the big, big characters, obviously, yourself? Lenny.
1: Lenny, me, Steve Walsh, Muzzy. There was big characters. Uh-huh. Big characters, but nobody tried to dominate. It was It was good.
0: There, would there be fights in and training and stuff like that?
1: Not really, but not not really, no, because the lads were good they were all good lads.
0: And you all respect each other. How was more
1: Alright, yeah, again. I got on my stand. I got on my stand. Some player, eh? Yeah, great player. You know, did he live up to his expectation? Did he get the best out of himself? Um, but you know, I've known Stan for a long, long time I know his family, you know. Nice guy, Stan. Uh-huh.
0: And uh, Martin O'Neill's good at getting the best out of these yeah, players. is not he did. you uh, he st- st- treat guys like Stan
1: Colling more differently? <coughs> no, to everybody the same. I remember Stan's hat-trick against Sunderland. I think we won 5-2 and Stan got a hat-trick. You know, wonderful performance. Um, and I think Stan broke his leg at Derby um, for Leicester. And that was, you know, it was, I was there. And, you know, to see your teammate, your mate, break his leg is not nice. Obviously, I broke mine later in my career. But, um, you know, Stan, good lad.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, okay, Martin O'Neill leaves. Got it when he
1: left? Yeah, but understandable. Um, he had opportunities. I think he turned Leeds down when we were there, but then went to Celtic and, you know, he had a great time at Celtic, didn't he? And took Neil Lennon with him. Um, but, yeah, of course, when a manager's picking you, when a manager plays you every week and picks you, you want him to stay.
0: Uh, was there ever a uh, talk of you going up there?
1: No, n- never was. No, never was. No. Would you have went? <sighs> What I've went... It's, listen, Celtic's a massive football club, but the Premier League is... You, know, you want to be playing against Manchester United and, and Liverpool and Arsenal, Man City and Chelsea. They're, for me, that's what you want to play in. OK, you wouldn't... I played in Europe with Leicester, played against Atletico Madrid and played against... Um, you know, in the Europa League. But obviously, didn't play in the Champions League. But you know, when you're playing every single week's a challenge... Whereas in Scotland, it's not. Mm. Uh, Leicester eventually got relegated
0: in 2002. Yeah. What was it that changed after Martin had left?
1: I don't know. It's, you know, we had new managers. We had Mickey Adams, who's a great fellow. Harry Bassett. Um, you know, we weren't good enough. I think inevitably, if you're not good enough... I remember the opening day, we got beat 5-0 against Bolton, I think it was. Um, and that was the beginning of the end. We brought in Dennis Wise. We brought in uh, numerous players. And, you know, it wasn't the same. And, you know... We knew, I think, in the March we were down, and then that's when I moved to Birmingham.
0: Uh-huh. And uh, I remember the big boy, Akinbayo, came in. How tough was that with him? He couldn't have scored a goal, could he?
1: He couldn't, but do you know what? Addy, had a great work ethic, you know, and it was one of those situations where, as a teammate, you want him to score. And I think it's a famous picture when he scored against, I think it was Sunderland that <laughs> he took his... T- and, do you know, we were all so delighted for him, because it's, it's hard, it's hard, and people will say... You know, people will talk about how much money they owe their lifestyle, but, you know, what you go through when you're not scoring centre forward and the pressure on him and you read reports about how bad you are, you know, so the lads were right behind him.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to ask you about one opposing player. You said that he was at Man United, Way, He was an older guy at Celtic when I was deal Dion Dublin. Now, I've never seen him angry, except on homes under a hammer where there's a bit of damp in a three bedroom detached house. <laughs> what did you say that he stuck the knot not on your back? No, nothing? nothing. I was, couldn't believe it when I that. that was,
1: that was a situation where we were obviously Birmingham City it was the first ever well not the first ever was the first time they'd met for so many years um, at the, in the top level and there was so much pressure and nerves and everything around the game the first game was 3-0 Peter Ancombe come and let the ball under his foot did, uh-huh. we, won, we won that game 3-0 and it was you know so we were the you know, Villa were the bigger club they, they had they were the better players the, the wage bill was bigger and we were this group of players Jeff Horsfield Paul Devlin Ian Bennett, me, you know. Um, and we went to those games with this belief and this hunger and this desire just to think, with you, 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 whatever happens, you're not going to beat us. And then Steve Bruce instilled that into us. We won that game 3-0. And then the replay, oh, not the replay, the second one at uh, uh, Villa Park. Night games. No idea why the games were at night. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were great. Villa Park, you know, I, I can see the, ch- the, the challenge itself was a red. You know, if you see it back now, I was quite clever, I think I got the ball in the middle of the park on the half turn and I, see, I seen him coming, so I, I knew he was going to launch in so I just nicked it around him and his tackle on its own, if, if, if my legs had been planted I'd have been in serious trouble, but I jumped as he's come in and he's cleared me out and I just said, listen, you in, know, in every day what you would say on a football pitch, you know, what on earth are you doing, that should have been, that's a red blah 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 and then obviously that's all I've said, you know, all was said and obviously you know, he put the head on me, um, um, which was silly because it was a straight red. Um, it was straight red. They lost their control. You know, and we won the game two nil. Um, you know, but the funny thing was, I got on with um before that. You know, I played with the Manchester and reserves, have- and he looked after me. <laughs> um, obviously, you know, and when he went down the camera, he was calling me names down the camera, which, which, which. It was it was a silly act from an experienced player, you know, and in that game as well, I think it was um, Goodmanson got sent off for a challenge with my upson. My they went out with nine men. You know, on the occasion, got the better of them. And now nah, you still get it when people tweak me the picture. Mm-hmm. You know, where's Deion Dublin? But listen, I've got nothing against Deion Dublin. Um, nothing at all. I'm not on a, on a, t- I don't care if he likes me or doesn't like me. I'm not bothered. Um, he, he can't affect my life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't, when I see the picture, doesn't, I'm, not, I'm not bothered. We won the game. The, the rest is history. But, um, you know, if, simple. Uh, obviously, Steve Bruce signed you for Birmingham, as you
0: mentioned. Uh, did he remember you from United?
1: Yeah, he did. Um, I, I, I tried to buy his, his car. He had a white um, Volkswagen Golf convertible. And I remember when I signed him, he said, you know, I'll offer you my car, but I haven't got it now. <laughs> um, great fella. Memory from uh, Manchester United. Um, do you know what? I let him down. I let Brucey down. To this day, I... I you know when I signed for Blackburn, he gave me everything. Um, you know, made me captain, built the team around me. You know, and I, I give it back. You know, I tell the good story that we signed Christoph Dugri that year, and he come in the January. He was magnificent. Oh, what a player! Yeah. He, what a play! He was that good. He finished second in Player of the Year that does. year. <laughs> um, um, and that's what I love. The fans. I had a great. I, I, I bought a house in Birmingham. I embraced Birmingham. You know, and I was a court hero. Listen, I, people might not say it, but I was, no doubt about it. And um, I let him down when I left, you know, to go to Blackburn because obviously Mark Hughes come in for me, mm-hmm. um, just signed a new four-year deal. But when you've got your hero, you know, wanting to sign you, it's just, it was just something I had to go on. And I, and I was wrong in the way I acted. A disgrace, actually, in training, kicking the ball away, um, forcing a move through. Um, I can laugh now because I, when I look at if it was a player doing it for me, you know, It was was shocking behaviour, but I got away with it within the dressing room because all the lads were my mates, Mm -hmm. you know. And it's they knew I was desperate to leave, you know. Brucey wanted to keep me, the chair wanted to keep me, and I resorted to. You know, being a disgrace to get the move, um, it was wrong. But ine- inevitably, I got what I wanted. And to this day, we don't mean Brucey a good mates but I let him. I let him down. He's I, done all right since anyway. You yeah, forgive you. Yeah, I let you. him uh,
0: down. Just on the to Wales, uh, touching that Wales team that was so close to qualifying for Euro 2004. How good was that team?
1: Great team. I mean, you got a front three of Giggs, Hartson, and Bellamy. Wow. You know, and then the, the midfield was myself, Simon Davis, Everton, and Tottenham, Tottenham you know, and Mark Pembridge, and then Gary Speed, left back. Andy Melville and Kit Simons, Mark Delaney, who was Aston Villa's right back, and Paul Jones, who played for something goal. You know, when you go to Moscow and draw 0-0, you're thinking, this is a great opportunity. And when you see the accolades that Chris Coleman's team got for getting the Euros and getting to the semi-finals, being the first team to qualify, we didn't think they'd do that well to get to the semi. Amazing job Chris Coleman done, but we could have been that team um, to to get to the Euros, but it wasn't to be. I think we got beat. was it 2-0 that on? Russia. Russia. Um, and we didn't perform, I remember gigs at the post. Um, but it was just a, a a night which was too much for us. It was 75,000 there. You know, it was it was heartbreaking because, yeah, it was heartbreaking. We had a great team, but it was we, we didn't perform. Okay. Is
0: that one of your regrets? Yeah, your of course,
1: yeah. It is, you know, to, to have played in a major tournament for your country you know, but never to be, I wouldn't have played in it now, so obviously that, you know, we lost to Russia, and it was the, the tournament that year, and at the end of that season, you know, I broke my neck, so, you know, I wouldn't have made the tournament as it was, so, you know, in hindsight, we'd have got there, but I'd have missed it. missed it.
0: Just quickly on to Blackburn, finish six in your first season, was that the best team you played for?
1: Yeah, in terms of finishing position, you know, Bellamy, Rocky, Santa Cruz, wow. Benny McCarthy up front. Two guys, Two guy, best player I've ever played with. Really? Yeah, more, a great player. You know, the, 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 the partnership in midfield. You know, we play four four two. You think we had Pederson on the left, David Bentley on the right, me and Two Guy, and then you'd either go Bellamy, Rocket, Center Cruz, Benny McCarthy, Bellamy. You know, Ryan Nelson, Chris Samba, Center halves. yeah? Um, he was not in the team at no, the time. Um, Brett Emerton, right back. And left back probably Stephen Warner, you know Brad Fielding goal, you know had a great done a double over United, um, playing for your hero, great club, great club, um, you know got to I think two or three semi finals as well, um, but to finish six, and you know, I still believe I scored the goal that took us into Europe against Chelsea, <laughs> free kick. Stephen Reid says he touched it to this day, he went down as his, heads, but I still can't He's a liar. see any evidence. He's a liar. Um, but, yeah, brilliant, brilliant.
0: Just quickly on Bentley, how good was he? Great, great was lad. Was he a character? Great
1: lad. What sort of stuff would he do? Just great lad, just a just a great lad. Um, um, but, you know, he had the ability to get a yard and whip it in with pace. You know, people Both say it was the next really? day with Beckham, but again, you know, fell out of love with the game, um, done great, went to Spurs. You know, fantastic life, fantastic player.
0: Right, I just want to ask you about the Keane voicemail on his book. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> Is that true? True, yeah, true. It was a time when I was leaving Blackburn to go and sign for Derby, or Sunderland. The fee was agreed with both clubs. And I must have been in an area, in my agent's house, where there was no reception. So obviously I was supposed to be going and meet Roy Keane at the Marriott in Worsley, and then from there to go and meet Paul Jewell at Derby, and then decide who I was going to play for. The wages were about the same. Um, both teams were in the Premier League fighting relegation. And uh, my heart was, I want to go and play for Roy Keane Sunderland. Mm-hmm. Big 45,000. Um, anyway, time went on, time went on, no phone call. So I thought, right, he mustn't want to sign me. So I thought, right, let's go straight to Derby. So I, my, my mind was made up, let's go to Derby. Went to Derby, seen Paul Jewell signed and uh, went down with 11 points. Um, then, until Roy Keane's book command, out, I never knew to that day why he didn't <laughs> sign me. <laughs> And it was the time when the Budweiser adverts were on the TV. And it was just, you know, I was one of the lads. What's up? That was the message. I'm not here. Hi, it's Robbie. What's up? Blah, blah, blah. So anyway, until his book came out when he said, you know, um, I was going to sign Robbie, I wanted a character. And this is where it's a bit, I can't get my head around it. He wanted a character, which I was. All he had to do was speak to Martin O'Neill, Mark Hughes, and the manager play for it to see what I was like. He would have knew I was a good lad, a good character. <coughs> good to have around the dressing room. And the, and the voicemail obviously he must have heard it and, and obviously in this book his words were when I heard the voicemail he thought I'm not signing an F in that so that was until that day I never knew why and uh, now I know why brilliant uh, you said yourself you're a character just give us a bit who's the, who's the biggest character you played in? Um, biggest character in terms of dressing room everybody you know all character kind of Two Guy was a great character. He was a bit
0: um, forty at Blackburn as well. Two Guy, wasn't yeah, he? Brilliant
1: man. Darren Edie was a good mate of mine. No, um, right, Muzzy, is right. it Neil Lennon? Um, you know Stephen Bywater, who's oh, who's he's my identity. He? Great, one of my best pals now still lives lives near me. Um, you know, I'm very fortunate to have a you know a career where you know I played 346 Premier League games. You know, play for my country. You know, when you know a lot of people might have given in.
0: When did you know it was time to call it? A day?
1: Um, Well, Strictly come dancing off, if you could. You know, I could have gotten a Vancouver Whitecaps at 36. So I was nearly 37 at Derby. And, you know, I, I owe an awful lot. Throughout your career, you owe, you owe an awful lot to a lot of people at different times. So Eric Harrison, you know, put me on the road. Martin O'Neill made me into a into a man. And then Nigel Clough, when, when I was at my lowest point, when I went out alone to Brighton, you know, I was going to retire at 34 because I'd lost everything. People said my legs had gone. I couldn't run. I was a shadow myself. I had depression, you know. Then Nigel Clough come in, and I wouldn't say Ni- Nigel Clough saved my football in career, but he saved, you know, me as a person as well, because great man, great family, family obviously history of football with his father Brian Clough, um, one of the nicest men you meet in football. Um, so Nigel Clough, I owe, owe, owe an awful lot to, and he said I was 36, nearly 37. Played red in away last game, and he he offered me a contract in terms of you know you want to do a bit of coaching, but I just thought do you know what, I was the type of character, and I'm sure you've come across a few. If I wasn't playing, I'd be the most miserable, mm-hmm. and my my aura would bring people down with me because I wanted to play, and I couldn't imagine sitting on the bench in the championship, knowing I couldn't do what I'd done and not play every week. Because I I would have been unfair. So I said I said this to Gaffer. I said, listen, Gaff, I'm not... He said, you know, you'll play 10, 15 games. I said, I don't want to play 10, 15 games. I can't play against Manchester United, Liverpool for the majority of your career and then be sub against Barnsley, Rotherham, Fleetwood. I'm just making names. of. I don't mean that in a bad way. But I can't do that. You know, so I I called it a day. um, And then I done Strictly Come Dancing, which you know, put me onto that next level in terms of what I do now. Uh-huh, you were hopeless on it. If <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got on it. I know, <laughs> I know you're doing the media now, but last question. Surely you want to get in a management
0: eventually.
1: I manage an under-13 side now in Edgerton, where, and, you know, I really enjoy it. I've got, I've done all my, I, I haven't done my A licence, I've I've, I, I've, got to start my B. Um, you know, I'm not a coach, I'm a man manager. You know, if I, if I did do management, I'd have to get a, a coach because I love man management, the, the side of things, the metal side of things. You know, um, I never say never. I love what I do now. But, you know, when I see Gerard doing great at Rangers, Frank Lampard doing great at Derby, obviously their footballing careers enable them to get a bigger job, better job quicker, and rightly so. Where I'd have to probably start in the National League, which is fine. You look at Saul Campbell starting at Macclesfield. Paul Lynn starting at Macclesfield. You know, so I would be prepared... Poor schools. Schools today, all of the You know, and it's great. It's fantastic. You know, and, and I'd have to go in probably lower than that, which I, which I would do because I'm a fighter, because I've got a great work ethic, and never say never. Um, um, but listen, one thing's for sure that I've been very fortunate to do what I've done and to do what I do now. And you know, every day I, you know, I'm a humble guy, and uh, listen, I, I know I'm lucky. Robbie, it's been a pleasure. Thanks very pleasure, much, man. Pleasure,
0: pleasure, pleasure.
1: pleasure. Audi, we believe you deserve the best of both worlds. Experience the power of petrol with the efficiency of electric with the new Audi Q5 TFSIe plug-in hybrid. Cover everyday journeys in electric mode or go further with an effortless switch to the petrol engine. The new Audi Q5 TFSIe plug-in hybrid is part fuel, part electric, all Audi. Audi, Vorsprung durch Technik.
0: Isn't it curious that every member of your family has a different voice? That a baby can recognise their mother's voice from inside the womb? That identical twins have the exact same vocal cords but usually don't sound similar? And teenagers can sense the tone of their dad's voice when he says I'll think about it Even over WhatsApp
1: I'll think about it
0: Let your family follow their curiosity with unlimited data when you bring everyone's plans together on Vodafone's Multimobile Red family plan Get a third plan for only €15 per month. 12-month contract, €15 per month. Max speed 10 megabits per second applies when you add Red Unlimited SIM only as a third plan with Red Family. See Vodafone.ie for full terms.